What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. I think this might be the record for the latest we've on in the day that we've ever recorded uh, an episode. What do you mean? No lah. What do you mean? What do you mean no latest day? We've done way past midnight before. Oh yeah, actually we have done one where we started on one day and ended on the next day. Which is going to happen today, uh. yeah. Yeah, which is going to happen today, yeah. Uh. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, in some way, I kind of, I kind of enjoy the daytime podcast because I feel like, okay, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of energy. But don't know, the, the night one sounds feels a little more intimate. Uh. No, this is like remember the old days when last time nine eight seven perfect ten, oh, then you yes. listen to Glenn Ong, Glenn Ong <laughs> from ten to two a.m. I remember I would send Actually, in, I would send in faxes, you know, I would like fax like song requests <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> and then the, I was like stay up the whole night to hope that it actually gets through somehow. Remember? No, actually, actually, I don't know whether it's a generation thing because I totally remember at night listening to the radio and in some way, it felt like it was really you and that person. And mm. and I think that might be the beauty of podcast life. But I think listening at night, there's a certain nostalgia there that comes back. I've actually never written into a song request and I always used to admire people who submit song requests mm. because it felt like you would... To go through that sort of effort like you were requesting what for girls, uh? No, man, just to my classmates. Because I was Oh shit. Because I wasn't a jock like you, right? You see, so I wasn't the one bullying people in class. <laughs> I was the one who was like I had to curry favor with my classmates so they wouldn't bully me. Yeah. So that's no, why I I I went through from being the bu- the uh, the bully. Yeah, 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 hey, no, I okay, I would still say I never bullied, okay? I was bullied. I may have been complicit at certain times. I won't deny that. But I don't think I proactively bullied. Like if anyone's listening uh, who I may have inadvertently bullied, I really don't think I bullied, man. Yeah, and and I know and that's Nazis, what bullies say. The Nazis, the Nazis <laughs> didn't, they were just following orders. Nazis were just following Hitler's orders. That's all. Yeah, nonsense. Nonsense, man. But yeah, going back to to the intimacy of a of a nighttime podcast. I mean, I think that's the that is the one thing that the podcasting hasn't really bridged the the knowledge that okay you're listening to someone in real time which was the beauty of radio la. Mm-hmm. but uh reading from uh, our subreddit and our instagram dms there are quite a few number of listeners who listen to us before they go to bed so they kind of fall asleep to our voice yeah i think noah yap is one who keeps telling me he loves our podcast because he keeps falling asleep to it i don't know whether <laughs> to take it as a compliment <laughs> yeah, or, so. or an insult if it's coming from noah yap hard to say la but for our other uh, redditors and 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 listeners, yeah, I actually feel like really how you say I'm moved when I when I hear that people are listening to our podcast as they go into Nether. I was going to say Netherland, Neverland, Ned- no, the Nether the? regions. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, 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 please. If there's anyone out there listening to our podcast as they go into someone else's Nether regions, right? That would be kind of interesting as well. Honestly, yeah. actually, if any of you are listening to this podcast, either pre or post uh, coitus uh, I don't know whether you want to let us know like, I assume there's at least one person who has listened to our podcast uh, before during or after sex like. yeah maybe I don't know <laughs> it's a strange activity to <laughs> hey you want to listen to Yala but like, after, yeah, the, uh, post, after one night stand like instead of playing like Marvin Gaye or something you <laughs> you just play what's up everybody welcome to another episode of Yala I don't know man I don't know People out there, they have they have different things that float their boats. No, check, maybe, I can, maybe I can, I can sort of see that happening. Just imagine. Really, yeah. I mean, imagine like you know, last time it would be about showing off your record collection or you know, oh. you know or your <laughs> or your your whiskey collection or something. 
Right. Yeah, or maybe maybe if that person somehow got a shout out on our podcast for whatever reason, and then they want to play play it, you know, then like, oh shit, they just mentioned me, you know, ooh, blah blah blue, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. just adds to the four player. You never know, man. You right, never right. know. So so if we have helped in any way, uh, to help someone get a little action, well, that would be a nice thing to know. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, please also, if you if you are getting some action with someone new, try telling that person about Yala but. Yeah, them. that's why I get them to. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's our weekly plug. Yeah, before you plug yeah, them, yeah, plug yeah. the podcast. <laughs> yeah, before after you plug them, just plug the podcast. Make sure, mm. or even while they are you know sleeping and all, just take their phone and and just go to their Spotify or whatever podcast app and download our episode. That that would be great. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Yeah, so so that I guess that sets the perfect context for our weekly plug, which is that if our podcast has brought you joy. Uh, or evoke some sort of emotion in you, or helped you get late. Uh, it would be great if you could just share, share, share our podcast with at least one other person. Mm-mm-mm. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Wow. They can hear the ambient. <laughs> <laughs> Everything okay yeah. or not, Terence? <laughs> yes, you can hear the you can hear the the war going on in the background. Yeah. Of That's my house, right. it's a, a yeah. He's still doing the podcast. It's a war with. He's still sleep. doing the podcast. It's a newborn's war with to, sleep. Yeah. If you need to step away, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to just carry on talking by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That's that's why. Yeah, I mean, people will sleep. That's uh, why you need to be here. Faster. People will sleep faster. <laughs> but on to our first topic of the day. Our first topic, which yeah. actually deals with children, mm. uh, and taking care of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's quite interesting. Yeah, right. it's just. Just something that struck me more because now I'm a new dad as well, Yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to hear your perspective, la. So, yeah. so what happened was uh yesterday, which is which was the 18th of November, uh, someone who goes by the name of G. Caitlin Gayatri posted uh, uh quite a sincere post on Facebook talking about how her mother, who is a widow, um, applied to to be a foster parent with MSF Singapore, la, which is mm-hmm. the Ministry of Social and Family Ministry of Social and Family Development. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and uh, but unfortunately, her mom received a reply from MS uh, Fostering, uh, rejecting her application. Um, and she included a picture and a, a screenshot of the email that came. And I'm just going to read it out because it sets the context for the discussion. Uh, hi, thank you for your interest in fostering. As spoken as most children entering our fostering system would have experienced trauma. It would be ideally better for children to be cared for and grow up in families anchored by strong and stable marriages. Hence, we are only accepting applicants who are married so that both parents can work together to provide a family structure for the child and to meet the child's physical, psychological, social, and emotional needs. Mm. So her post went viral. um, And there have been quite a few comments and discussions about it on that post. Uh, There was quite a a vocal, uh, vocal commentator uh, who posted a medium article that also got comments, but but yeah, so so that's the context, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so how do you how do you come across this? Uh? No, I mean I I I got someone shared the that Facebook post on my feed uh, So uh, mm. just just reading it, it felt like yeah, wow, you know, like MSF is saying something about single parent families that isn't isn't very uh forward thinking, not very progressive. And like trying to, you know, they reject good applicants because they come from non-traditional family structures. So generally, that's how I felt like on the first reading. Uh, but yeah, but but and and I think there were a lot of people who were similarly outraged by by yeah. that as well. 
And um, yeah. so that's where the bulk of the sharing came from. Uh. Yeah. And, and I think like like her post was quite eloquent and articulate. Uh, articulate. Um, and she basically, yeah, she, she gave that context, but then she goes on to echo the thing that Terence just said, like, which is that, oh, it seems like the criteria is uh, a heterosexual married couple uh, that serves as the anchor and like epitome of what a good family is. Like. And then she goes on to talk about how, yeah, it's often said to be a bedrock of society, but isn't that kind of outdated? Uh, are you saying that, um, I mean, yeah, the, the whole definition of what a typical family should look like. Um, and then, yeah, then she goes on to talk about uh, the lazy filtering process of MSF. Mm. Like, and I say lazy filtering because that's a term she, that she used, which kind of polarized people, including the author of this other Medium article that we're going to talk about. But she goes on to criticize to a certain extent about how, uh, yeah, like it, it's kind of like not even... Uh, taking into account that it's not just two parents who raise uh, a kid. Uh, it's it's like a whole village, like, you know, the, the whole kampong to raise a kid. And mm. he, he, here's, here's her mom who is who has raised three kids by herself and whose kids are old enough and now the mom has so much love to give. It's all, she'll almost be a full-time parent and yet she cannot be a foster parent because she doesn't meet this criteria. So, so the, the post here, like what Terrence said, the people were sharing it, the commenters and all were very empathetic and compassionate to her case and they echoed her sentiments. La. And then in come Professor, Professor Ben Leong mm. who, who wrote a Medium article and I realised he also had quite like, at least one article go viral during the general election. It was him, right? I think. Yeah, he's, a, he's an academic who does a lot of uh, writing about politics and, and socio-economic issues. Uh. Yeah, so, so he's an associate pref- professor at NUS um, and he's a professor of computer science uh, and he's got a bunch of degrees from MIT and shit like that. So he's definitely a very smart academic. But what was his post about, uh, Terence? I think his post was uh, TLDR was that Singapore, uh, people shouldn't, um, they shouldn't be scolding public officers so much for for doing their jobs, uh, essentially imposing. Basically, like uh, there's a set of rules that they have to follow and, and just because you got rejected from based on their criteria, they shouldn't be, you know, saying that the public officers are not think cannot think, which is something that he quoted uh, a couple of times, uh, and and he took issue with the fact that yeah, um, public servants within MSF probably are are already trying hard enough to grapple with a lot of uh, difficult issues during COVID nineteen, and now they have to deal with someone who just basically is airing their grievance with being rejected for a volunteer position uh, a volunteer position at uh, in MSF la. not even a position la, but just a, yeah being a foster parent at MSF so so I think uh, that was the general gist of it is there any, anything else that he added as well um I mean yeah that was a general gist of it but I guess what stood out to me was the tone he took la. so first mm-hmm. of all the title of the medium post is please know that the world does not revolve around you or your mum so he he's he, the, the the crux of what he was saying uh is the the stuff that Terence just mentioned, but he used some language which I felt was more destructive than constructive. Uh, and I'm just looking and skimming through. He he has a line that says, "However, it really bothers me that we now seem to have a whole generation of self entitled brats who take to social media to complain just because things do not go their way. Doesn't matter if they are right." Um, and then. 
Uh, he says that, you know, the public the public service are really scrambling with keeping things together during a difficult time. Every one of these stupid online scandals uh, happens. I mean, for a professor, his English isn't that good. Uh, some persons will be scrambling to deal with it. Uh, and then why does it bother him? Because people, those people are paid for with his tax dollars and wasting time is a waste of his tax dollars. Mm. So so then he goes on to kind of, yeah, it felt it felt very, how you say, uh, very angry. La. Very vindictive. Very angry. I think he... Yeah, he he. I think at first he wrote some stuff that was basically quite disparaging about about the original poster, the OP. Yeah. Um, which I think he subsequently removed. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, he felt he like he was attacking the person too much. But yeah, he. I mean, to to your point about his English, I think he just writes in uh, quite casually in freehand. Uh, I mean, yeah. not freehand as in very casually. So, uh, yeah, he uses short forms like rather than write out very, he just v something v this v that. So you won't you, yeah. if you're looking for academic paper, that's not it, lah. But he does raise some interesting points. Huh? What was your, what was your first thought when you read it? Yeah. So exactly. So the thing about this post that I I don't annoy me because there are actually some points there which make a lot of sense. Hmm. It's just the way he said it, which you know, like how the the guy trees post. The first thing that hit me was exactly the same as you. I'm like, oh shit, that's so sad. You know, like because she uses words like her mom was sitting on the bed, teary eyed. You know, hmm. with all the love to give. Uh, but she can't be a mother and I was like, oh shit, that actually kind of sucks. But then, to Ben Leong's credit, he did raise certain points which didn't cross my mind the first uh, first time. So, I mean, ultimately, one thing that stood out is that he said, uh, like based on comments on the, the thread as well as some preliminary research, it seems like there are more people wanting to be foster parents mm. than kids needing to be fostered. Mm. Uh, that might be anecdotal, but... Um, if that is the case, then there will be some criteria in place. Yep. And maybe it just so happens that one of the criteria is that uh, they want uh, a married couple. La, because I'm mm. guessing there's some statistics to back up the fact that married fam- like that, that family unit, as stereotypical as it is, does result in less less social issues or less mm. less, mm. less less troubles no, also. Yeah, in, in the yeah. I think he added to his note that uh, just based on anecdotes from not uh, not anecdotal uh, but really like uh, I think he he did ask around within his own uh, academic field uh, like about who are the generally who are the higher performing or lower performing students in in class and and things like that and so there is enough uh, I mean for uh, according to him uh, he has enough anecdotal evidence that generally students from broken families do suffer uh, do do struggle a bit more in class and do do have a bit more issues like in school. So yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm sure if, if you really need to pull up the data, it probably can be can be found. Uh. Yeah. So so okay. So that was one thing that stuck out to me. What about you? Um, I mean, he he raised the one thing that yeah I didn't come across when I was reading the original OP's uh post was that the mentioning of the welfare of the. Of the actual uh, fostered child itself, like it wasn't mm. mentioned much at all in the original post. It was really about the feelings and the emotions of the mother and all that, like. Whereas, if you really think about it, the MSF what they're trying to do is to protect the welfare, really protect the welfare of the the fostered child. Um, and and and, and I can empathize a lot with that because I have friends who. I know it's not exactly uh, equivalent, la, but they do, they, they volunteer at dog shelters and they also mm. are the ones who, 
interview potential foster homes for the dogs in shelters and potential adoptees for the dogs in shelters. And I'm sure it's mm. no it's no secret to you, like like yeah, like I'm a very big advocate for, you know, adopting and everything. Mm. And mm. there's been a lot of instances when um fostered fostered dogs or adopted dogs end up having worse lives or or, or they're returned to the shelter after a couple of years. Uh, by families la, that that originally had good intentions, but along the way things changed. La. So mm. the person and the one that suffers the most through the whole process is the is the animal, la, you know, mm. uh, is the dog itself and all. So in some ways, I can totally see how uh, it is super important for the MSF to be super stringent about the criteria and not to mm. not to budge because of you know one person's emotions or one person's. Uh, particular experience in the field and stuff like that. They really all they can really look at is the current circumstance of your home. Uh. So, for example, mm. I mean, I know for like dog fostering, they will ask you questions like, you know, do you live in landed property or do you live in a HDB? Because these are pertinent questions, uh, right? You know, the the growing environment of the of the of the of the for the animal and plus like things like um yeah, do you have children at home? Do you have uh how many is there someone at home 24-7 or, or do, does everyone go out and work so they go down to such granularity for for pets uh. so I mean definitely for foster kids it has to be more than that lah. and if the criteria is such that they need some kind of strong stable traditional family structure in there I can totally empathize with that lah. As in, I understand why they are doing that because they 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 need to give the child uh you know, as little as little, um, well, how do you say? Uh, they minimize the chance of, of shit going wrong, like, Basically, yeah, like, It's just it's just risk management, like, Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah just exactly, risk management. exactly. So, so yeah, but, but but then I mean, the thing about this that I found annoying about Ben Leong's post is because okay, so certain things that I didn't mention earlier about uh, Caitlin Guy Tree's post. I mean, of course, we're gonna put the post, the link to the post in the mm. in the show notes, and we're not gonna go through exactly what they said because yeah, you can just go read it yourself. But um, I mean, she highlights that her mom actually did spend a lot of years fostering children mm. before her her father passed on, um, and um, she was kind of talking about yeah, so. So her post was kind of describing the situation and her thoughts. And I don't think she was really shitting on MSF. La. But what I didn't like about Ben Leong's post was, I mean, okay, Gayatri did critique, uh, criticize the criteria and the process, but Ben Leong almost took it personally mm. because, I mean, he did say he used to be a public uh, public uh, civil, civil servant, la, right? So mm. so he said he knows how hard they're working and like everyone's just doing their job and of course there's criteria and all that. But I found he took it one extreme and he took it almost personal and he was kind of saying that, yeah, there's a lazy lazy filtering system because if you have more supply than demand, you need to have some sort, sort of la- uh, filtering system. So why question it? You know, it works right now, which I'm, which I'm like, fuck you lah. You know, like there's no harm in questioning. Everyone has a right to question. Why you have to take it so personally? And then when he says stuff like, you know, like they're wasting time and wasting taxpayers' money. I mean, ultimately, if he's faculty of NUS, he's getting paid at least a bit by taxpayers' money, right? So, mm. so is he really doing weeks? One can argue that him writing this article, he even comments, responds to one comment on his own post saying that, oh, he spent time on his article instead of spending time preparing for some exam that he has to administer. So he's wasting taxpayers' money as well, right? So I just thought his discussion, his points... Good. I don't know, I felt it was just a bit too vindictive, a bit too antagonistic because there are good points there. Mm. And there are good points there that people should read and should 
uh, read about. But when I read it, my first thought was like, wow, this guy sounds like a... He writes like a douche. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, maybe he did take it a bit personally. And I'm 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 looking at the original post. Like, I don't see anything where she she immediately says that the public servant cannot think. I think yeah. what, what she was trying to s say was that maybe the criteria is a little too simplistic as opposed to that 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 they cannot think la. But 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 one thing I, I do realize la, when I read this original post now is that um she uh, I mean yeah, la, there's a bit of um there's a bit of a. There's a bit of. There's a bit of. Self victimization going on in there, uh, in the sense that I thought she, you were going to say wokeness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's she brought up this idea of heteronormativity and all that lah. But but I don't think I think she's bringing the idea of uh you know LGBT fam uh couples or anything uh, things like that in there. The moment I see words like that, heteronormativity is outdated and all that. So, because that is not that was not her that was not her problem, right? It's not mm. like it's not like uh, it was a gay couple and then and then MSF rejected it because that that would then then you bring out the heteronormativity that word okay, but mm. then I mean what you're talking about is very a very specific unique situation to their family, which is about a widowed a, a, a widow lah, right? So mm. uh, it's kind of like it feels a bit like she's pulling all these very, um, very woke terms together and trying to get other people riled up about, about uh, basically her own personal experience with with MSF lah, you know, and mm. and, and and it is bringing in other issues that are not pertinent, not directly pertinent to her own rejection lah, right? Like I don't think MSF mm. is rejecting her because because of of any like three seven seven A or anything like that lah. It's really to do with like the the presence of, of of maybe uh two parents and uh, I mean a typical stable family unit at home lah. Okay, if yeah. if if yeah, if it comes to the point where there is a a legally registered or recognized gay couple that is trying to apply to be foster parents and get rejected, then yeah lah, okay lah, you can bring that up. But I feel I don't like it when they when people start to speak on behalf of others in terms of their the the issues that they're facing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of I mean, Thanks, it makes me realize, yeah, you're just it's kind of exploiting people's uh, emotions about another another topic and trying to make make them bring them to your side, lah. Yeah, it's interesting you see that because I was click I click on the post and saw the people sharing it and what they were saying it, and yep. I think there was one post by Kirsten Han, who mm. is a very vocal critic of the government. Yeah. Um. And her post literally when she shared it was the important part should be care and love, not whether there's a heterosexual couple involved. Mm. Which again, if I just read that right, yeah, it, yeah, like it, it's it's kind of like checking the box of this other very polarizing issue, uh, and like kind of not really focusing on on uh the issue at hand here, lah. Because yeah, I think I think there's a lot going on here, and I think mm. the biggest thing, okay, of course, MSF also is not helping themselves, mm -hmm. To write a fucking email like that, right? It's yeah. so damn stupid. Like, can they not word it better? Mm. Um, I think anyone would agree that there is no policy that is ever gonna be catered to everyone. Mm. That that is an unfortunate thing of making policies and rules and laws. And in some way, everyone is disadvantaged by something. Yeah. Uh, of course, we should try and minimize that. 
But for them to reply an email like this in the age of social media where it's a fucking email. It's not even a phone call, okay? Mm -hmm. It's an email. People can screenshot and share it. It's just waiting to be shared on. Mm. Um, so this is where MSF, you, like like most things government, you need to improve your comms, mm. uh, right? Because Correct. that could have proper communications about this could have alleviated a lot of these issues because even on the MSF website, right, if you just Google it, there's a page eligibility criteria to be foster parents. And there are a few main points. Be a resident of Singapore, be at least 25 years old and married, mm. be medically fit to care for children, have a minimum household income of 2000 um, have attained secondary school education, have experience, care for, and living with children and or exhibit strong parenting skills, be willing to provide and ensure a child-safe home environment for the foster child, and be willing to work with MSF and other professionals for the child's best interest. There are definitely people who will fall out of this criteria who might make the most fucking amazing foster parents. Mm. But unfortunately, that is... There's no way there's going to be a policy that can that can that that can appeal to everyone, lah, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. if they just worded themselves better, it feels like this whole problem could have been uh uh, uh avoided. And if there's one thing that happens that hopefully is a constructive thing, I hope they look at this and realize, okay, maybe their comms can be better, lah. Mm. Or even just like, I mean, from 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 what the the original post was saying was that they didn't even bother to take her name down; they just rejected her outright, lah, right? Mm, so mm. maybe it's worth just keeping a record of these people who perhaps don't qualify based on one of these very strict criteria, but just keep them on the, you know, just have their records down, lah, and then, and if there's some situation in the future, some for some strange reason, some situation in the future, or you know, it comes across where supply and demand, there's a, a much more demand for foster parents, and we just can't meet it. Then you can always like go back to these people and say, hey, you know, uh, yeah, it's just an extraordinary time. For some reason, there's a lot of foster children now, and and we need help, lah. We need help wherever we can get, lah. So so is is at least it just makes you feel like, oh, okay, lah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still in the system until they find a specific need for me. Then you know, yeah, I just wait, lah. I don't need I don't need to do anything on my part. But just outright rejecting it just seems so. It seems like you are very premature and you're, you're, you're basically putting yourself in a position where you have to explain to people why you're rejecting them, right? So early. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, so I don't know whether it is a good analogy, but I remember the last time when I was dating, <laughs> dating uh, yes. a, a common friend. Common friend, yes, yes. Go on. A common friend. And yeah, so I mean, it was going uh, okay and then I realized, okay, you know what? There's, I don't think this is going anywhere, right? Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, okay, Logically speaking, I don't think there's potential going forward. Uh, so rather than waste my time and her time, yeah. I'll just tell her that I don't think there's potential going forward, and I don't. I think we should stop, lah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I did that, <laughs> and of course, she never wanted to speak to me again. Yeah. Um. And then I remember you telling me that I'm a fucking idiot for being honest. Uh, and there are ways I could have said the same thing. And I was like, no, fuck you. Honesty is the best policy yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to waste time. That's the truth and all that. But I think over the years, I've realized that, uh, uh, and I don't say this often, that uh, that I that I think you were right last. Mm. No, but can you be a bit more specific? Because when you say words like, oh, I, I want to be honest, <laughs> that puts yourself in a very good light. La. But can yeah, you be a bit course. more, I, I, if you, because if you can't okay, be blunt. more specific, I can be I more specific blunt. about it. La. You're okay, you were blunt, right? Correct. <laughs> Basically, I was the, blunt. I was blunt. The issue was, I was blunt. I, the okay. issue I had was that you didn't need to. Yeah, you didn't necessarily need to go through all that, like to say, like, oh, you're, I'm not attracted to you, lah, right? Hey, no, I didn't say that, like, yeah, you didn't say, say that. that. But essentially, that's what that's what it was, lah, right? 
Hey, now you're being a Ben Leong, okay? You're assuming that I, I insinuated that okay, without actually what, what, saying so it. What, what do you say? Let's be specific here. Let's be specific. I think, no, okay, if I recall, I said something along the lines of like, okay, you know what? Um, This has been fun, but I I don't think this is this is going anywhere and I don't want to mm-hmm. waste your time. So I think we should just end it here. Lah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was done in person as well, right? It was done in person. Yeah, okay. Yeah. At least I did it in person. Lah, okay, at least I did it in person. Yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, yeah lah, she never wanted to talk to me again. Lah. Yeah. No, basically, <laughs> my point of view is is informed by uh, some basic res- uh, research and experiments done in psychology, lah, where mm. when you reject someone, right, you can just reject someone outright, or you can reject someone with a, uh, you know, uh, not, dignity, yeah, dignity. Yeah, with right. dignity. You know, basically, there's a level of embarrassment, lah. Like, if you reduce the amount of embarrassment a person faces from your rejection, um, the person walks away not as uh, not as destroyed as he would if you just rejected outright with with like the pure truth and nothing but the truth with la. bluntness uh. yeah with bluntness <laughs> not honesty bluntness uh. it means you don't you don't choose your you do, you choose not to choose your words carefully so if you can as a person dealing with another person's emotions reduce the embarrassment and and the self self loathing that they will come if you do as a favor to them to help you reduce. That makes you, uh, yeah, like, more empathetic human being, lah. But if you choose yeah. to say like, oh, honesty is more important to me than pe- people's feelings, yeah, like, then you do what Harish did, lah, which was like just <laughs> be blunt and 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 not care about how people felt after that, lah. And do it in yeah. their face, do it face to face, so it's even more painful when someone tells you, <laughs> yeah, I'm not attracted to you, essentially in your face, lah. Yeah. So so. Yeah, so I think I think for me the learning process was like uh, with the girls I dated. I, that was my modus operandi. La. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some way, I was like, you know what? More people should be like me. You know, let's yeah. not waste time. And all that. Yeah. But then after that, when there was a trend of all of them just hating me, yeah. uh, I figured, okay, maybe this is not the best way to, doing, exactly. to do things. Exactly. That's when I was like, oh, fuck, don't tell me Terrence has a point. <laughs> fuck, shit. <laughs> and I Google, read on Reddit, and then people were saying, yeah, you know, sometimes even, even a properly worded message, right, can avoid, like what you said, you know, avoid like something that, 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 leaves them feeling like just a little more self-conscious and yeah. it can be a be- actually a better way out and yeah. then the more I think I think maybe it's something that comes with age also yeah like if you are blunt and honest and that person feels like shit you also don't feel that good for making that person feel like shit um, mm. is that the best way as opposed to you still being honest but choosing your words and letting that person know the truth but let not letting that person walk away feeling like shit right yeah. in some way that's a win-win for everyone so, so, I mean, and we've gone on a tangent here, but to bring it back to this MSF thing. Yeah. So, let's say MSF, rather than outright rejecting her and giving the reason, they could say, okay, we've got your, you know, your file on record and we'll, we'll let you know if anything comes across. Meanwhile, maybe you could try looking at these other places that, you know, also have other ways for you to volunteer and be, and be mm. you know, be involved. Like, because maybe fostering is a... There's a there's a matching process, right? So it might take a while before we find a match for you. So why don't you go yeah. and try these other places first? Ah? And then behind the scenes they can obviously they can have their own criteria and file the person away for like, oh, you know, for we can't take this person because of these reasons. But basically everyone is is like, yeah, like you don't walk away feeling so angry and you don't, you know, feel like you want to tear down the house and post on social media and shame them and everything, like, right? 
Yeah, and I think to also not be disingenuous for them, they should relook at their policies. Okay, right mm-hmm. now, because as much as Ben Leong says, you know, oh, everyone is, you know, they are already doing so much work and all that shit. Fuck lah! If everyone takes that mentality, right, we will never have the 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 advancement that that we have, right? That the the status quo should never be the thing that oh, we just stick to lah. Yeah. Because now with more data than ever, more ways of logging shit, there are. I mean, everything now about personalization, right? You can mm. personalize your Netflix, you can personalize your this, personalize your that. And I mean, I do believe that, that yeah, they're working hard and all, but in some way, it might it might help them be more efficient as well, right? If they can if they can find like, okay, let's say the, this particular uh, uh, mother who's a widow, uh, she might have certain qualities that might be the perfect fit for some foster child if mm. they are enough uh, information that's collected, lah. Yeah, right. correct, so I correct. think, yeah, they don't even need to be disingenuous. They can be genuinely trying to find the best fit, mm, yeah, right? Correct. So, so there's so many ways to do this better, and like they fucking just shat shat in their own house, and then guy like Ben Leong, he brought us some good points, but he just had a bunch of shit around it as well. So I, I'm so, so glad like, you brought up that whole example of you how you used to treat girls while you were dating, uh. Cause hey, that, that hey, brings it home. I used to be that, a fucking gentleman, okay? That brings just the last home. part. Just that brings it home for everyone. <laughs> if everyone that you date just fucking hates you at the end of it, uh, maybe it's time to examine Okay, why. I wouldn't say any everyone, lah, okay? Like, if anyone I've dated is listening to this podcast um, and you had, like, at least a bit of fun going out with me, uh, it would be good to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I won't, okay. Just hear from me. I promise I won't post it uh, on Reddit or anything, it just make me feel better about myself. Please create a burner please. account on create a burner please. account on Reddit <laughs> and like let us know how, what, what was it like, like one of those last face to face meetings with Harish. Yo, I'm a fucking he, joy. Okay, I'm a fucking joy to be with. He has no interest in being with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, we have gone on five dates. Uh, my satisfaction is about a low forty seven percent. I think yeah. we're done. I think we are done. <laughs> yeah, correct. I think we are done. Yeah, I wonder what my girlfriend would would say <laughs> if she listens to this. I think I've told her about the stories, lah. So I mm. think now I'm I'm like closer to a, I'm a more polished product, lah. Mm. I, I, I hope I, so, lah. I hope not, so. Not that I, not I'm super experienced at all this kind of thing, also, lah. But it's just that the way he was doing it, I just felt like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, why do you need to be so harsh, man? Like even just like from from just like one person to another, it's just like it's them harsh, lah, to be like. You know, some I think some in some ways it's easier to just be ghosted rather than to have to go to a meet someone face to face and then they tell you they don't, don't know like it. you. Right. Don't know it. that one that one that one I don't know. That one I don't know. Because I've been ghosted before and it fucking hurt like and it's like a long kind of pain, no. Like the honesty, yeah. the bluntness is like a plaster, you know, it hurts, but then after no, no. that the next day you say you know, long time. ghosting is fucked uh, ghosting say, is fucked up, dude. You say a long time of pain, but then there, there's always that little bit of hope that, that but there's that's some, worse there's some, because there's a thread of hope that you might still work out, right? Like something yeah, no, could happen that, one day, right? That hope is 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 destructive because sometimes it, it makes you not see other little threads that are hanging because you mm. have this little fucking thin thread that you're hanging on to. So yeah, this has become hope, like a therapy session. Hope yeah. is the is the basis of, of everything we do in life. That little bit <laughs> no, of hope. That's no, what drives you not, to put your hand on a car for 72 hours. No, no, just no, no, a no. sliver of hope that you can win, right? No, that kind it's of romantic hope. hope. No, so hope, hope, uh, a thread of hope that is actually connected to like a balloon or something is great. If it's a thread of hope that's just connected to an unmovable wall, right, with thread that is so weak that even a slight tuck can break it, right, that's useless. Okay, yeah, that's just useless. 
but but I mean yeah but circumstances <laughs> change people age people change so there's now we're going way off tangent dude yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going way off tangent but I thought it's, it's, it's worth examining because I don't want people to think that it's a uh, we, we just randomly pulled up some some bullshit argument where's it like I, I feel like this one is like there's scientific backing to what we're talking about here lah. and as much mm. as it applies to dating I think it applies to corporate communications Even, as yeah. well right Corpor- exactly corporate communications I mean that's what we talked a lot about the, the general election and I think the government in general there are so many things their policies sometimes yeah we agree or at least I agree with a lot of their policies but the way they communicated it's so it's so like okay this is how it is sorry yeah. you don't mean it deal with it and it's the same yeah. thing you see over and over and over again yep 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 correct yeah but yeah so as always it would be great to hear your thoughts uh, I know mm. quite a few of you commented on our last podcast episode, yeah. uh, which I know Terence is semi-gloating <laughs> over, which, because I haven't internalized and digested the comments, I will, I will, yeah. I will. Surprisingly, I will. Tin, Pei, yeah, Tin Pei Ling became the forefront of discussion of our last podcast yes, for, yeah. for, for <laughs> strange, quite a strange reason. But it's, it's very interesting. Tin Pei Ling. Is it, yeah, thank you all, all those who've been responding based on our yeah, call. Yeah, yeah because... Based on like, I don't know, I think you're just picking and choosing you're happy because you think everyone supports you. No, I saw some glimmers of hope yeah, yeah. for my argument. Wait, so actually, this is another one that could be quite interesting to put out there for Reddit. Like, do you think it's easier, it's better to just be ghosted or to have someone like meet you in person and tell you like, oh, I'm totally like, I don't see it happening between us. Like, which one is better? <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. To segue yeah. from all your friends hating you, Let's, uh, we're segueing to a, a topic where <laughs> all your friends actually love love this guy. Like, all, all these guys' friends absolutely love him and adore him. Hey, not just all, oh, just 14. Just 14, <laughs> 14 of, them. of them. 14 of them. Yeah, just 14 of them. Yeah. So, so what, what, are you, what are you talking about? I, I, like, I introduced the got, previous you, topic. You, you have 14 people who hate you. You think? Okay, like first of all, uh, <laughs> you know, I was going to let it slide, but since you bring it up, I was just talking about people I've dated, okay? Not peop- not friends, okay? My friends fucking love me. Oh, okay, Right, okay. friends? <laughs> My friends love me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but what, what was this? What is, this one is a, features a very big Hollywood celebrity or so. Yes, what is this yeah, goofy topic about? It's uh, it's Mr. George Clooney who uh, finally confirmed the rumor that had been spreading for a while uh, in a recent interview with GQ where he confirmed that I think a few years ago, he decided to just gift 14 of his best friends a million dollars each. A million dollars in cash. Yeah. Um, and of course, he did it in George Clooney style, uh, where he, I think he was talking about how it's harder to to actually get $14 million in cash than, than one would think. Mm. Uh, and he had to find some bank that had it. And he went around with his team, I guess, uh, to physical locations to meet these fourteen people and just hand them a bag of cash, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it was it was uh published the GQ article not too long ago. It became a meme online because everyone was talking about how much it would suck to be his fifteenth closest <laughs> friend. Or, or if you thought you were George Clooney's best friend but you didn't receive a million dollars, then you yeah. know you're not in his top fourteen, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was the 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 first thing that struck you about about this whole this whole story? Uh, I think what struck me is that it reminded me how how fucking rich George Clooney actually is. Mm. Um, I think this was done before his big big ass uh windfall, which is you know what? What? He he started a liquor company with two of his friends and he sold it for a billion dollars, dude. Oh really? What was it called? Yeah. Uh what's it called? Uh? I yeah. think let's see. Uh, uh, it was Casamigos. It's mm. a tequila company. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but this was four years before that, lah. But yeah. he was already. I mean, back then, I think he was already a A-lister. Yeah. Uh, in in 2013, lah. Yeah. Uh, he was he was 52. He was an A-lister. He got famous because of ER, and then he had. He was an A-lister, lah. Ocean's so Eleven, I, everything, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Ocean's Eleven, and he was a big fucking star, lah. So yeah. he gave a million away. So so that was the thing that stuck out. What about uh, you? Uh, I mean, the first thing was like, wow, to have 14, 14 like friends that are worthy of getting one million dollars each, is quite is quite something, lah. You know, usually usually they say that the most people, especially when you're in your we are older and everything, there's only like a handful. You can count the number of like really close friends that you have on one hand. Mm. So for him to have 14 people that he that he feels like he owes something to it all means must mean must means he's quite blessed. Like a lot along the way a lot of people gave him help and everything. Because he said that yeah. these were people who gave him a couch to sleep on or lent him money when he was in debt. Uh, as he was ri- as a rising star and, and things like that, so mm. he felt like you know all these people are gonna be on my will when I die. So why not? Why wait until I die? Why not just like give it to them now? Which I thought was pretty fucking awesome. It's a pretty awesome way to think about it, also, Because yeah, you know, people exactly. the will is such a putting someone in your will is like it's such a uh, you, you know some people they, these people might not even know they're in your will until you die, and then when you're dead, they can't even like thank you or anything like that. But yeah, this you one, can't you're, even, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're buying that. You're buying that loyalty for life, basically. Yeah, <laughs> you because I guess that's the thing about will, right? You can't see how much of an impact you could have on someone's life. Yeah, yeah. So correct. when he said it, I mean, George Clooney. Okay, I've never understood why he's always been talked about being fucking sexy and all this shit. Mm-hmm. But I think for George Clooney, right, compared to, uh, like some of the other more. Uh, seen as the sexy man. I think George Clooney's personality, because he sounds like an awesome person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. I know in media, the media loves him, so of course, uh, but I haven't heard any scandal or any, he just seems like a fun guy always playing pranks and holy shit, like, if you, yeah, like what you said, I think having 14 close friends is like, when you got married, right, was it mm. like selecting your best men, right? Mm. Your mm. your groomsmen and all. Uh, I mean, sometimes it might be hard to narrow down, Yeah. Uh, but for him to be able to narrow down 14 people that he feels that strongly for. Mm. God damn, that's awesome, yeah. But actually, I mean, it could also include like, uh, you know, people who even, who he might not even be like close friends with anymore, but but who somewhere along the way just helped him in his life. La. But it just sounds like something pretty awesome to 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 happen. La. As in, it feels like the kind of, uh, remember like those days of YouTube when you watch like, like giving $100 to a homeless guy, that kind of, that kind of video. Mm. If this feels like we have made like YouTube history, if he made videos out of this, like, giving my fourteen yeah, best yeah, friends yeah. one million dollars each, oh. and apparently he did it in a very Ocean's Eleven way, where he they because they were carrying so much cash on them, they dressed up a van as a florist van, and then they went, <laughs> they like went location to location. They were like, okay, this go to this place on the map, and then they would drive there and then hand the money in like bags to the people to each person. Uh. So it's like, wow. I think it's like being Santa it's, Claus, it's, like like fucking real Santa Claus in real life. And it's, it's like something you would expect George Clooney to do, right? Mm. I mean, but I think, I think... No, but what? then, you, at the same time, you you do hear stories of people who are very, you know, very rich and very uh, powerful. All that. The money, they're also pretty miserly with their money or they, or they don't share it with their friends and family that much, right? Or they give it to philanthropy, mm. but they don't give it to friends or family that much. Uh. So so this one, it sounds quite, I mean, it's, it's, it's not something I would expect anyone with that much money to do. Uh. 
Mm. I guess, I mean, the, the thing is, of course, this is media and, and I remember like whenever I see, uh, you know, some celebrity like fucking donate like $100,000 or something. Mm. But then when you look and that they're worth like a billion dollars, like I think that in proportion is is compared to people who make like a hundred dollar donation but are worth I don't know like a hundred thousand dollars yeah 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 that kind of thing is never rewarded like right or, right. or never it's all relative like so so for him to do this I thought I mean I guess okay like without going into the details because who knows maybe there's a there's a lot more to this maybe he slept with seven of their wives or something and this is just like I'm a sorry kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> So Maybe sorry, these man. are all, all his friends whose whose wives or something. Or they, lost with. they lost girlfriends <laughs> to him, They lost girlfriends. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's a nicer way of saying it. That's a nicer yeah. way of saying it. Um, but I think the one thing that stuck out that, that at least I'll remember is the thing he was saying about how um you know like if he is going to put them in his will already, why wait for him to die before he gives it to them? Mm. Which reminds me of of one of my favorite TED talks of all time, uh, which was by this guy called Ste- Stefan Sackmeister. Uh, who's a who's a British born no Austrian uh, New York based graphic designer he basically has a design firm line I think his mm. TED talk if I recall was something about his philosophy to design but one thing he he and his whole team does is every yeah. seven years right they take one year off and they mm. still get paid but they take one year off to do whatever the fuck they want and the one graph from his talk that stuck out to me right was he showed a timeline of someone's working career like, and he said okay everyone works till 65 and then they retire, right? So by age 70, they would have worked for 65, uh, like for assuming they start work at 20, they would have worked for 45 years and then be retired for five years. All he is doing is taking each of those five years and putting it within his 45 years of work. Mm-hmm. So by age 70, both him and, and someone who went through a more regular path would have worked for 45 years and taken one year off uh, and taken and spent five years in retirement, like, which I thought was a fucking good way of looking at it. Like. Um, so whenever people do the shifting or something that is normally seen as the normal process, I actually think, oh shit, that's actually, that's a cool way of doing something differently and ending up at the same place. Like. True, true. Yeah, so so Mr. George Clooney, he's he's a baller, yeah. yeah. You know who his wife is, right? Uh, this is quite, quite... Uh a like socialite lawyers, lawyers yeah. Law, yeah socialite lawyer or something right? yeah celebrity lawyer like yeah. like fucking successful lawyer who was kind of like I don't know an advisor to Kofi Annan when he was a secretary mm. general and right. leading the the criminal charges against the, the people who inflicted the genocide in Rwanda and all that yeah. holy shit man I mean yeah George Clooney used to be known as a playboy but I think after he married her like his image became much more of a you know, like like he's a smart guy who you know who married a smart woman and 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 she's probably more even more accomplished than him in terms of like uh, career achievements. Uh, yeah. he's he's well known like, for for acting and being a celebrity. But actually, actually, I don't know. No, like you, younger people these days know who the fuck George Clooney is. Probably not la, Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, they don't, man. They don't. They don't. But now that yeah, that's why it's fun to. But it's it's fun to talk about someone giving away fourteen million dollars. Uh. It sounds like, Actually, you know, it sounds like yeah. a dream, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, interesting that, I mean, George Clooney was, I think, a previous, uh, previously nominated as People's Sexiest Man Alive at mm-hmm. of one year. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday, they also announced the Sexiest Man Alive for 2020. Who is? Do you know? No, no I have no clue. Oh, I mean, do you think it's worth you guessing? Harry Styles. I don't know. What, no? no. Okay, I'll give you three guesses. Uh, three guesses, three guesses. Ryan Reynolds. One. No? Harry Styles. You already said Harry oh, Styles, okay. dude. Uh, Ryan Reynolds 
Harry, Harry Styles, Barack Obama. No la. Actually, Barack Obama would be fucking cool, yeah. Because he, he just released his book. He just released his book. Sorry, what, who is it? Yeah, Michael Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, why not Chadwick Boseman? Oh, but, but yeah, I guess. I mean, posthumously, yeah. Posthumously, <laughs> yeah. Like, sexiest man alive. Sexist. Sorry, <laughs> sexiest man alive. <laughs> That's correct, true. It's a category. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah, it is. It couldn't be more clear than that, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, just correct, sexiest man. It's sexiest man alive. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, why yeah. they never want to give posthumously. That's true. God damn, Michael B. Jordan. Mm. So would you, cool. if you were in George Clooney's position, would you do the same thing as well? Give money to, to your, you know, to people that have helped you along the way. Hmm. You know? I don't know. Like I, 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 so the thing about giving money for me has always been like. Okay, like giving money, it feels almost like, how you say? Uh, transactionary. Uh, yeah, transactional. And there's a certain element of like, okay, because I have more of this, I will give you this. As opposed to finding out what they could use the money for and kind of helping them do that with your money. You, mm. you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, and the, I've been, I mean, I, I've, you know, you've heard so many situations of like people who won the lottery and then mm. after that, with that windfall, they somehow their lives are worse after after that. Lah. Like when people know that they got money, the relatives and everyone are chasing after them and, and shit. I mean, or they get into gambling problems and things like that. So, yeah, money isn't necessarily, I mean, a gift of money isn't necessarily the best thing you can get someone. Lah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like paying off a house mortgage or something, you know, then mm. it's it's something that, that is more, I don't know, like to me, I would, if, if I had the cash to do it, I would rather do stuff like that mm. uh, rather than just give money because it just feels, money just, I don't know, yeah, like, like it's very transactional and always feels like, I can't imagine the person re- receiving the money feeling like, I don't know what they would feel. Eh. Mm. Uh, it's just like, oh, okay. I didn't even ask for this, but you're giving this to me as a gesture. I don't know. I've never been good at receiving or giving gifts. Yeah. So uh, actually, it comes down to like, it's like giving ang pao there, right? Like Chinese people, we're much more like, oh, okay, money, uh, just, just put ang pao in gift. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> except his ang pao is a fucking big bag with yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, uh. million dollar ang pao. Uh. So, so maybe, maybe for, Chinese, for Chinese people, for us, it's like easier to accept. Uh. Right. No, so so I mean, maybe maybe because I mean same way you guys uh, can easily accept making money on your wedding dinner. <laughs> I knew this was gonna come up. Fuck yeah, it's fucking. I know I've said this before on the podcast, but it just fucking blows my mind, which yeah, is yeah, a topic yeah. for a whole other podcast. But yeah, uh, yeah maybe maybe the the is I, I mean is is money a big part of Chinese culture ish kind of thing? Of course. I mean, it's a big money. part of every culture lah. It's a big yeah. part of every culture. No, but, but, the, but I guess, the, the very yeah. act of like just gifting money is a uh, much mm. more embedded within Chinese culture, I feel, than, so, than so, uh, a lot of other Asian cultures lah. So is that something you would do if you had, uh, if you were oozing with cash? If you were oozing with cash, uh, I, I still would, I, I still would be a bit more uh, afraid of it lah. Because, because yeah, you see, even he himself, when he had to bring the money to these people, he had to have security, he had to dress up his car. So just the act of having that much money somehow just brings a lot of you know undesired attention with it as well. Lah. So it, it might not be seen as something that, that necessarily is that good. Whereas like, when we talk about Ang Pao's and all that, usually you know, the, the amount isn't that ex- isn't that crazy and, and it's usually tied to some big event lah, like your wedding and all these things. So I understand where it comes from. But when it's just mm. out of nowhere from a friend for to thank you for stuff done, 
it's just there's just something about it yeah that that maybe won't sit as well like like him expecting everyone to be very happy receiving it might might also backfire you know like like someone might be yeah. like oh this is insulting to me or something like that yeah. uh, exactly the insulting right. part like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it just feels like uh, I mean I think maybe it's because for people with a lot of money it's an easy gift mm-hmm. that is supposed to mean a lot yeah correct correct because it is really like no thought behind. okay there's a big thought behind it but yeah. it just feels very yeah transactional and not not human not personal mm. Mm. not personable or so could, I would love it could feel yeah. like a bribe like for in the future like like buying loyalty from people right yeah exactly yeah yeah and that and that is a, not the best feeling man when you feel mm. almost indebted to someone yeah right? yeah yeah exactly god damn so I, I hope I hope that at some point someone does an AMA uh, on Reddit mm. like ask me anything hi I'm one of the recipients of George Clooney's uh, one million dollar yeah. gift yeah. gifting effort yeah, but that's it. That's cool. it. I mean, I I wouldn't mind lah if if a friend of mine decided to just pop by and give me one million dollars tomorrow lah. I'll be <laughs> I'll be okay with it lah. I mean, I think I think I'll I'll deal with the downsides of it. <laughs> that would be a tough thing to say, no man. Yeah, it's a good problem to uh, have. That's all I have to say. Yeah, here's a million dollars. Uh, sorry, I have principles. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would. Yeah. <laughs> In US currency even, as well. And even your kid would tell you, yo, pops. Yeah, don't be a fucking idiot, man. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, dude. (laughs) Where do you learn that language from? Yeah, Yeah, where do you learn that language? But yeah, cool. Cool. Is that is that enough to move on to our third and final segment, the one shock thing? Yes, it is the one. What is what is your what is your one shock thing? Uh, the one shock thing. My one shock thing is something that you and I both uh, experienced just a couple of days back or yesterday. Mm. Actually, it's Mm. a Tiong Baru Social Club. It's a new mm. movie coming out by uh, the director Tan Bitiam and written by Tan Bitiam and someone that we, we've worked with before. He was uh, mm. in our writer's room for She's a Terrorist and I love her, Auntie. Mm. He's a, mm. He was the, he was also a co-writer of this particular film. La. So um, we watched it as part of a media screening and I think it's, it's something very different from anything I've ever seen in Singapore. La. So... Uh, I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but the 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 I think the trailer came out last week, and there's quite a bit of buzz about it, and it's opening at some international festivals. So if you have a, for one reason or another, you need to get out of your house and you want to watch a movie, you know, maybe try skipping the Hollywood movies for a while and try watching Tiong Bahru Social Club, and and yeah, and let us know what you think about it. And Muna is in it as well, Muna Bakarip, mm, Muna Bakarip, who Muna. was in our in our show, ter- she's a terrorist as well yeah and she plays a very very different role from what she played in our tv series so it's interesting to yeah. watch yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so i don't want to talk too much about it because i think a lot of people still haven't seen it so i don't want to end up spoiling it but but yeah check it out if you can it's also opening the singapore international film festival it's the opening yeah, film. Yeah, correct, so, correct. so and and we, we might be getting auntie yeah. one of the co-writers on our podcast la, in the coming weeks yep 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 yeah. he's the cool. the happiest happiest expat in singapore yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Finland yep okay cool. so what's your one shock thing my one shock thing is actually a TikTok account man can you believe oh, it really? wow. it's like the first time I'm recommending a TikTok account okay it's this account that was started in November 2019 by someone who works at the Institute of Human Anatomy mm. and basically he deals with cadavers la, mm-hmm. right dead bodies that have been donated for uh, science and he just uploads 
uh, one to two minute, I don't know how fuck long videos are on TikTok, where he kind of just shows different parts of the human body, like actual brains or actual this, and just talks through it. Mm. Like he explains like, uh, like just his latest TikTok is uh, uh, just showing the bone that is in everyone's throat that kind okay. of floats am- around the windpipe. So, it, well, what I found interesting is that every, you know you've seen diagrams and skeletons and all that, but this one yep. you look at it, he's 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 holding a fucking human brain in another video, mm. and he answers a question where someone asks him, "Do you how do you square the fact that who you are dissecting for science is an used to be an actual person?" Mm. So here he's holding a brain and talking mm. about it like you know this brain used to be someone. It has he, memories. It has all this. Does he have permission to do that though from the person who okay so. So he said he will never show the faces or anything that is identifiable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know whether people know what their brains look like. Mm-mm-mm. Um. Uh, I think someone did ask him that question. So I think his approach is that okay, there's nothing identifiable. Uh, I don't think he's done anything that is identifiable. His account is still only a year old. Mm. But I thought it was um, it was just an interesting thing that was educational, but also in some way, kind of how you say. Mm. like human because I remember when I was in yeah. JC right when one of my friends went to her first year of medicine at NUS she told me mm. yeah like the first few days you walk in and you just see a human head on the table mm. I was like what so yeah because I mean everyone practices on cadavers like, so there's a human head I was like how the fuck can you square that off so I mean the way he talks about it and also the, my, the other friend of mine told me that when they need to do like an operation or an intestine or something, right? Mm. Uh, or some organ. I would have thought that when they take out the intestine, they put it back, they they put it in that zigzag kind of thing, like, you know, in the textbook. Mm. But no, you know, they just, they just fucking, like, just throw it all in because it kind of arranges Sorts itself. itself. Uh. Yeah, so, so I think everyone, I mean, okay, at least me, I feel, I feel like the human body is like this sensitive, you know, like, old piece of machinery that is delicate but it's fucking hardy and mm. just watching him deal like handle these things like like you would uh, a test tube or a beaker yeah. it's quite interesting la. actually it's just funny because I was just thinking about it that day I was just like thinking of the intro scene for the intro uh, titles for Mindhunter the series where mm. they it, it vacillates between it just alternates between uh like shots of a tape recorder and flashes of a cadaver, of a mm. close-ups of a cadaver. Then I was just thinking, do they need to get like some special permission if they show the face of the cadaver and all that? Uh? That's why, or, or do did they just get a, an actor to pretend to be a dead person and then film it as a cadaver? But that would make the makeup them really, really hard, lah, right? So, so I think, I, yeah, I think you can't show the face. Uh. I, I think you can't show the face. Yeah. But then at the same time, when you go to places like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, like in Cambodia, the killing fields and everything, and then you see people's skulls and all these things, um, yeah, like taking photos of that seems a bit like, uh, you know, not not very, not very nice, lah, right? You respectful, know, not, not respectful. Yeah, not very respectful. So isn't showing someone's, you know, someone's brain and playing with it or doesn't it also like make you feel like, hmm, I mean, it used to be someone's like brain and everything, lah. I think because for me, I come right now. I come from the school of thought that once you die, um, you die la. <laughs> So okay. so 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 it's I can all about you la. It's all about you. Doesn't matter what your family thinks or wants la. No, uh, <laughs> because like, is your family? Does your family? What what if they want your your corpse to be respected or something? No, 
No, so generally in Hindu culture, uh, yeah, you you get cremated, lah. Yeah. Uh, which is what uh happened to my dad and all, huh. uh, and will happen to me. But I think uh, if you choose to donate it to science or something, you can do that in Singapore, right? Yeah, you can. Uh, in fact, I think so, it's default, lah. Is is the default, right? No, huh? I don't. I think it's default if you are if you die an unnatural death or something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I I think or or maybe below a certain age or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. but actually for me like I don't know. I I feel I feel ultimately we are all still just cells and like stuff put together. So when we die, um, if this can be used to educate and use for scientific research, I think I would be okay with my body going through that. Uh, I don't know about my parents or like my family, but but what if let's say yeah, your 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 corpse was there. They don't identify your your. They they cut off your head lah. So it's unidentifiable, and then yeah. they make your corpse like dance a TikTok dance, you know, like they they, they make it but move a TikTok dance using robots or something like that. Then the fucking uh, then the institute <laughs> is fucked up lah. You can say it's for science, but right? it was donated. Your body no. was donated for science, and then they they are educating people on TikTok, right? You know. No, so that is a fine line, lah. Okay, and if if I see any this guy do something like that, then I will be like, oh, this guy's a fucker, lah. But okay, so far, okay. uh, in a few videos I watched, he seems to be very respectful, lah. And it, I think it. it is a fine line. I think that's why it's so interesting and captivating because it's a very fine line. If someone mm. like you started an account like that, I don't know what the fuck you'll be doing with the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, I, I have no interest in dead bodies. I only bring up this possibility that someone is as insensitive to corpses as Harish is insensitive to <laughs> women in the past. <laughs> Just to bring it. That's the way you want to end the podcast, is it? That's the way you want to end the podcast. Yo, I'm a Tying sweet, I'm a sweet ass, fun loving gentleman. Okay. Yep, it's yep. just that at the end, like, I'm I'm blunt, mm. I used to be. I used to be. I used to be blunt. Yeah. But yeah, let us know on the subreddit. Let us know on the Reddit if like, yeah, what do you think? Ghosting versus ghosting versus being told in your face that you <laughs> suck. What do you prefer? You know, got so, so many other things to ask our subreddit to talk about. You know, something about the policies of the ministry or family and social development yeah. or like respect towards dead bodies. But no, no, you want them to talk about my fucking, uh, about fucking like approach to dating and breaking up. These are the morally gray areas that, that, Make make uh being human interesting, right? That you have to wade through these waters. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, part of whether also to, learning how to deal with other human bodies, lah. Yeah, whether to make a corpse dance, a TikTok dance, or <laughs> or whether to go to someone and make uh, arrange a date with someone and tell them you suck at the end of the date. Suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> come out scandal like this guy does all this freaky shit with the cadavers. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, but, but until uh, that happens, yeah. keep watching it. Until that happens, watch yeah, keep watching it. Cool. cool. What's the, what's the name All of the right. account? Institute of Human Anatomy, I O H A. Mm, okay, so it's a real thing, like It's not. It's yeah, not it's a real thing. It's okay, a real okay, thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right then. All right. Till the next the... episode. Peace. Okay.